You are now listening to The Jason D'Amico Show. Greetings, folks. Welcome back to The Jason D'Amico Show. And really excited for this episode. Our guest's voice can be heard on countless notable stations and formats, including AMC, The Discovery Channel, Fox Business, HBO, Star 94.1, Go Country 105, Jimmy Kimmel, BBC, ABC, The Travel Channel, just to name a few. From flat-out exuberance to forthright honesty, he's the guy next to you at the game as well as the guy next door. Your buddy and your bro, there when you need him. Please welcome to the show, voice over artist extraordinaire, Mr. Neil Wilson. You make me sound so much cooler than my wife does. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. And uh, thanks for emailing me via Source Connect with one of your marketing bits, because we wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for that. So thanks. You know, you know I don't think people realize how much of a hustle it is when you're an entrepreneur. Like yeah. I may be just in the voiceover world, but it's a hustle, man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, let's get into your beginning stages. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you got into this. I, I read somewhere online that you started through DJing at one point but even before that what was there was it first through music was it first through how did that affinity start for you know creating yeah the theatrics I think with the voice my mom was super creative um but she was a she was an like she would draw um and i always wanted to act um i remember my first acting role was I played a uh, character named Dick Simmering in a play called Death by Chocolate uh, when I was wow. in middle school. He was a gay aerobics, uh, a gay aerobics instructor. It was, <laughs> it was uh, always great to have children, you know, in those roles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with a name like Dick Simmering. Um, yeah. It, uh, so, like, I started acting early on, and that kind of carried me through high school and, you know, just those weird teenage years. And it's weird, like, now being a little older, I look back on it, like, I always wanted to work with my voice. Um and, and the outlet back then was through radio. Um, so I was a DJ. I did overnights. I did um, creative stuff for radio stations. I, I um, kind of like every everything you could do in a radio station I did, um, all with kind of this these stepping stones to get to where I'm at today. Um, and uh, there was just a point in time when, you know, I told my wife, I was like, look, this is it. We're like, this is, this is where we're going, and it's either going to work or it's not going to work. So I, I can't, I can't go without knowing that I, I have to try at least, you know, um, right. and, uh, knock on wood so far. So good. Well, <laughs> the bills are paid. <laughs> it's a commendable career from what I've uh, seen and, and just, you know, glance through the website and, and your materials online. Uh, were there any influences that really kind of kicked you into gear with this or was it more just of an intrinsic motivator of, Hey, like I've got a talent with this. Let me see how this goes. You know, if, if I'm gaining traction. Yeah. I mean, I think if you, if you uh, take the time to study any industry, whatever it is, um, you start to find out who kind of the icons of the industries are. Um, you know, the Hal Douglases and the Ernie Andersons and the Don LaFontaine's and all these guys that sort of, you know, were the, the pillars of, of what voiceover has become today. Um, I, I've never been a character actor, but I've, I always loved uh, the old Looney Tunes commercial, uh, uh, cartoons and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I'm still actually in awe of guys today like Bob Bergen and um, uh, uh, all the, all the actors, Nancy, uh, Nancy Cartwright and, and, you know, the Simpsons, I grew up on that. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, you, you start to learn to really love these and, and appreciate what some of these people do as you uh, as you step your way through the career. Um, and um, while I don't do animation, you know, I, I do look up to other guys in the promo world, um, you know, people that that I, I grew up idolizing and, you know, became colleagues and friends over time, like Steve Stone and. Um, uh, uh, the late, uh, Chris Corley and, and, um, uh, Chad Erickson, um, Mark Peoples. Like there's a lot of these guys that just, you know, they kind of do these bread and butter radio station, TV station promos that you hear on different television networks and stuff. And, um, you get to really become, it, it just, it's, you know, it's like anything you, you become 
fans of these people that ultimately become your friends through the process. So it's 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 a it's a fun ride for sure. Now to switch gears for a second, um, the 49ers, <laughs> uh, can we get into kind of how that started? Because that's obviously a, a decorated faction of your life and your career. And it's, it's like, it, it's out there. You're, you're a huge fan. Oh and- yeah. It's uh, I mean, I'm easy to spot, uh, as a 49ers fan, it's, it's not hard to find me. <laughs> but you live in Louisiana, which is really interesting. So, w- are you a, a California native then, or how did that no, happen? Oddly enough, I grew up in the Midwest, and uh, it was a, the era of Brett Favre and yeah. you know the, the the black and blue division of the NFC North and on the deep dark tundra of Lambeau Field, you know that sort of thing. And, <laughs> um, the frozen tundra. But I was never like it was always kind of like. I, I don't know what it is and, you know, the psychological aspect of it, but, but I've always kind of wanted to go against what the, the majority of people are doing. You know, when people are going one way, I'm going the other and society where I grew up was like, you're going to be a Packers fan. You're going to be a Bears fan. It's what was on TV every weekend. But then meanwhile, I'm watching guys like Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and, and, um, you know, all, and then Steve Young and Ronnie, Lott, all these, you know, this, this fantastic team from the Bay Area. And I just kind of latched on to them um, because they were a because they were winning. I guess you could call me a uh, uh, back then. You could probably call me a, a, um, a bandwagon fan, but I'm way beyond that now. Um, and it's just kind of it's just kind of grown, uh, you know, the the, the fandom uh, as a Niners fan and um I was able to incorporate it into my branding because, you know, when, when you see me in person and, you know, I've got the tattoos up my arm and my, you know, my whole shoulder is Niners wow. and it's like, wow. you know, it's, it's who I am. It's like, it's just become a fabric of who I am um, wow. outside of the booth. Uh, there's rituals involved, right? On game days from what I've, what I've seen. Yeah, there's there's uh, the rituals have shifted over time because I got fat and I don't fit in my uniform anymore. But I used to wear a uniform and watch them in the living room and pace back and forth and sweat a lot. And now I now I do that, but just not in uniform. (laughs) And I travel a little bit more, too. I like it's it's turned into me traveling. I'll I'll go to see them like, you know, four or five times a year. That's um, cool. As often as the boss will let me out. Sure, sure. Well, let's talk about um, let's get into some voiceover work and and kind of I'm curious to hear what you know, you hear about vocal ranges. And it's funny because a lot of the bits that I've heard uh, with you and, I, and I'm sure I've heard you on AMC and Travel Channel because the, the voice really sounds familiar. Yeah, you know? I'd love to kind of hear your take on <clears throat> finding your voice as far as placement and where it resonates and you know sometimes you'll because on this interview just talking you have a lower settled range than kind of what i'm hearing live or or on you know what's being broadcast so i'd love to kind of hear your take on that as far as how to find that as a voiceover artist and where you're going to place it per yeah there's so much of it there's so much of it that's not about the voice yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of the common misconception about people who enter the industry without knowing anything about the industry and not spending the time and money into into like coaching, which is what when somebody comes to me and says, hey, I'd really like to be a voice actor. I have a great voice. People tell me I have a great voice. It's like, well, it's so much more than that. It's 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 about the perspective that you bring to the copy. Um, it's about your life experiences. Um you know, I did a thing for Xfinity earlier this year and, um, you know, I used my life experience by watching my son enjoy roller coasters to talk about this Xfinity Velocicoaster giveaway thing. Right. So it's about bringing those real life experiences into it. Um, I'm, you know, today at, at uh, one o'clock, you know, I, I haven't really done anything like super over the top. So I'm a little relaxed in my day. Um, right, right. You know, right. but that doesn't mean that, you know, after we're done, I won't have something that's like screaming and yelling and yeah, here we go. We're going on a roller coaster, you know. So, um, you know, it's like uh, I, I, I often will say it's kind of like a like a like a contractor. You know, there's there's different hammers for 
different uses on the job, you know, um, and, and each life experience, each, everybody sees things differently. Everybody perceives things differently. And, um, it's all about, you know, the copy in front of you, how you perceive it, how you receive it, and then how you react to and, and tell that story. That's great. That's great. What, um, what would you say is the easiest versus the most difficult aspect of, of the industry and maybe just some things along the way, maybe something that was really difficult at first and now it's become more easier over time. Um, I have a voiceover coach who will say that nobody can prepare you for how it feels to win and nobody can prepare you for how it feels to lose. Um, you know, there, at some point, any, any given job will show up and it's like, woohoo. But then there's also the days where a job goes away and you lose that, you, you lose that money and that sort of, sort of relationship with that, that business relationship with that client. Um, so those are probably like the, the two most extremes right. of, of what it is. But, um, you know, you, you get out of it, what you put into it. Um, you know, a lot of times you wake up the next morning and you don't know where your next paycheck's coming from. So it's, it's all about putting in that hustle and that work and, um, you know, good things come to those who wait. And it, I, I know for me personally, voiceover has taught me patience, uh, that and parenting, they both taught me patience in, uh, in, in like extreme ways. For sure. For sure. I'd love to dive into the differences that you perceive between commercial <clears throat> theatrical and radio um or do you see them all as similar you know it just depends on again what the copy is what is the what you know getting into that headspace of of really what needs to be said here how it needs to be said or is there a kind of compartmentalization no, there's, there's differences in all of it um <clears throat> and it, if if you pay attention to the media and the stories that are being told around you um you know, commercial is going to be very different how they're selling, you know, tires, for instance, versus how they're selling the next summer blockbuster. Um, radios, in a lot of ways, still has a little bit of that used car salesman thing going forward. It's a look at me, look at me, look at me medium. Um, so there's more push to the voice on the radio. You got to get above the music. Go country 105. You know, so it's all this like, you know, you get way up there to get into it where, you know, with with a commercial, the way that advertising has, you know, the, it always ebbs and flows. Um, the, the, the prime example of what advertising is doing is national car brands. Think about the stories that Brian Cranston is telling about Ford right now and how they resonate. Right. Um, I see you smiled because you knew exactly what I was talking about when I said it, you know, right. <clears throat> um, there's like five guys that do trailers that you see. In, in you know in theaters yeah um, and and the trailer industry doesn't use a lot of voices anymore they let the graphics and the and the you know the, they piece the story together without voiceover talent um i'd like to see that come back because there was nothing better than sitting in a theater and don lafontaine it comes on in a world you know so like there's nothing better than you know two men a woman you know like there was nothing better than that in the theater and you know, that has shifted for, for, um, for the better part of the last 10 or 15 years, just for, I'd like to see it shift back, you know? Do you uh, think it will? I don't know. There's, there's like back end SAG after stuff that kind of made it shift. Right. Um, right. Initially. Right. Um, what are your thoughts on social media with all this? Like, you know, TikTok, and I mean, just every, everything is just really, really changed especially in the last three to five years. Hey, look, I am all for uh, any means necessary to get yourself out there. I think agents are finding people in new ways. Um, I think that social media has allowed a lot of good. It's allowed a lot of bad. It's allowed a lot of indifferent. Um, you know, uh, I use it to market. Um, I don't think it's going away. No. Um, I think it's here to stay. So finding the best, utilize it for yourself to get you know to show your content. There, there's amazing, there is amazing stuff on TikTok. 
Like, I couldn't even do half of the stuff that some of these content creators are doing. Like, it's ridiculously good. Same thing for YouTube and all that other stuff. My kid watches other kids play video games. Who thought of that? Like, hey, watch me play Mario. Like, can you imagine that? Like, the 8-bit Mario system, and we're like, watch me jump over this mushroom. Watch me jump over this... Just amazing your benefit. Um, so, you know, do you <laughs> when it comes to social media? What uh, what do you what do you think is really the the trick to finding the take? As far as you know, there's a spontaneity and a an ease usually with the first take, second take. How do you keep for you personally? How do you keep that that energy going from take to take? You know, and how do you how do you scrutinize and and pick what you know is the best for the bit? You know, the art of voiceover, since it's years ago, we used to go to studios and we would be directed in a booth by an engineer and by a director. And now there's a lot of it that's just done from home. Right. It's, um, you know, you have to, you have to direct yourself. And, um, that goes back to, to under the experience, you know, you're, you're not selling necessarily the product. It's the experience of owning it. Um, and, uh, or the experience of doing it or the experience of, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, so you've got to, you've got to put it through all those filters in finding how you're telling the story and how you're, you want to tell, this is another voiceover coach thing is that you want to tell them, not sell them. Um, nobody wants to be sold. Everybody's hypersensitive to being so like, think about it. You're driving in your car and you talk about target. The next thing you know, you've got ads for target all over your social media. Like, you know, that, people don't want to be sold. And, um, so, you know, self-direction is a big part of what it is that, that I do on a daily basis with all the copy that I see on a daily basis. Um, you know, getting from take to take, I don't, I, it's a, I don't, I'm not really sure how to explain it. It's, it's a little bit like, um, I, I liken it to like a like a finding a zone, um, sort of like an athlete. Um, you can tell when they're just when they're having a great game and when they're just in the zone and locked in. Um, and sometimes it's easy to go from you know one thing to the next and go, oh, I see two different perspectives on this. This could be a deep dark thing. This could be a happy go lucky thing. Like here we are, and both would work, right? And ultimately. It's not my decision. I can only I can only give them the best or the my interpretation of what it is they sent me, and it's right. for the ad agency or for the client or for um for you know whoever the, the deciding person is the creative director whoever that might be to make that decision. Um, there are some stuff where it's you know that they expect the same thing every time, right? TV affiliate, radio imaging, they kind of know what they want as far as what it is, but there's a lot of opportunity to play in other genres. Um, so that opens up the door to more possibilities to play as an actor. I mean, just act as if. Yeah, that's huge. When you hit a wall, uh, let's say creatively or just, it could be anything, right? You know, in the zone, the zone isn't happening or you were in the zone. And you kind of lost it. How do you get back to that place? What what are some of those motivators or just some of those tips for you personally that I leave the use? booth? Yeah. Yeah. I go experience life. Um, it's easy to be, you know, like I can touch both sides of my I can touch both sides of my booth. Right. So I'm in this right. like and that's why I added this huge window when I built it is because I want some perspective to the outside world. And um you know, getting out of the the grind or the, the these five, however many walls it is in here, um, getting out of this space and going and playing golf or going and hang with my family or going to see the 49ers play, all these things kind of refill the well. Um, right. So for right. me, it's about breaking away from the day-to-day -day, um, and going in and, you know, soaking in the outside world. It's fantastic. Well, the studio is uh, self-designed, right? And then I think you had a, a friend or a couple of folks help you build it. We'd love to kind of talk about some of the gear there and uh, 
you know, kind of geek out on that for a second. Are we gear nerds? Uh, we can go into that. That's oh, yeah. Fun. <clears throat> fell, fell one here. So, yeah. So uh, when I designed the studio, I wanted to make sure that I had nothing that was a moving part inside mm. of the booth. Um, and this building is a 12 by 18 building. And when we bought the house, I was like, oh, that would be great to convert to a studio. Um, so we gutted it. It was like a workshop. It had more power than the power company back here. <clears throat> the guy was running like uh, drill presses and like welding machines and all that sort of stuff back here. And um, uh, so we, we gutted everything. We pulled it all out of here and took it right down to the bare studs. And then, um, so my booth is double walled, insulated with a one inch gap all the way around. Um, there's like poles in the wall to run wires to the outside. So like my computer is outside the studio. My audio interface is outside the studio. There's outside the booth. Um, like there's, a, there's a whole like producer station outside of there that I never sit at cause I'm always in here. Um, and, uh, and, um, so everything that makes noise is outside, right? Um, inside the booth, um, I've got a 416 microphone, which you can probably see right there. Yeah. Uh, U87 just sitting on the counter. Oh, um, yeah. It's just sitting. It's so random. <laughs> um, I've got a, an Avid uh, dock that I just put in here, which is kind of cool. Just kind of cool, nerdy thing, because I'll, I'll mess around in Pro Tools. Um, my, sure. i got a desk, uh, tall. That's not really the fun stuff. Um, outside of the booth, I've got a Mac Pro that runs all the software and all that junk, mm -hmm. and an Avalon uh, Apollo. Um, I love the Apollo because it allowed me to get rid of like just a whole bunch of gear. Like I mm -hmm. had like all this rack mount of stuff, um, and and then a power conditioner. So it's really very simple. Um, yeah, you know the the biggest thing that I have are speakers at this point. Um, um, I've got a Q speaker underneath the underneath. I put headphones on anyway because it'll loop back. But right. Um, and then I've just got the JBLs in here, which I got on a deal at Sweetwater. My guy emails like, "Hey, I've got these special uh, JBL speakers. So they're only three ninety nine or whatever it is. Um, like a, this is only for my select few customers." Um, so I got that, and then um, I've got a. Uh, I don't think I've touched the buttons on that thing in forever. An Arturia uh, mm -hmm. keyboard. That I was doing some sound design stuff with, um, just messing around in the uh, in the off hours. Um, but it, like when I wired my booth, I, or when I wired the whole studio, I wanted it all to kind of seamlessly flow together. So like the printer's on the clear back of the room, but it's wired all the way through. Um, the TV on that side of the studio, on which I never turn on. Uh, all this stuff I turn on. I was like, I want to route it all through my all through my Apollo, everything through my system, so I can record television shows or commercials of mine that show up on TV. I can record all the audio for anything I narrate or whatever. So I put it all, so it all feeds back in and it all comes right out to this little. I kind of nerd it out over it. I put like cat six or cat seven, cat eight. Something. Wow. Some nasty, like this crazy, like the guy's like, you're going to need to upgrade this at some point. So here, I'm just going to put it on the wall. Um, <laughs> and, and then, uh, then the door is like, it's a double door. And um, yeah, yeah. I tried to make it as like a real studio as possible. Um, um, did I just lose your video? That was weird. Um, I tried to make it as real studio as possible for what I had. Um, right. And that part of that was because I, I was doing it myself. So outside of paying my buddy, who's a contractor to like, you know, make the right cuts and everything, we kind of did it together. Um, and that's kind of the, I, I'm the exception to the rule. Most people are working in like a, um, they're working in like a, uh, you know, a little box. Um, we call them stand up coffins, a studio right. bricks or a, um, a closet, you know, or the closet. Yeah, look, don't underestimate the sound quality of a good closet. If you got like when I travel, when the when the clothes are hanging right there, man, dude, it you can walk into a room and you can feel when it's full and 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 quiet and dead. Like you're never gonna sound. I, I can't keep thunder out of this room. <laughs> yeah. um, if if a jet flies, there's a on the right on the back side of my studio. There's a private road. So there's about from the back side of my studio to the fence on our property line maybe 15 feet at the most but then right on the other side of that is this private road so you'll hear like the ups truck or the amazon truck or fedex or whatever come up and down the street you know <laughs> um the the rumble of a lawnmower i can't keep that out um they're they got they make plugins for that but uh 
Yeah, 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 I can't, I can't keep everything out of here. But I mean, yeah. you can throw. I'm, I'm assuming you use some sort of gate, right, to a certain yeah, degree. Yeah, so I've got the AppyVision channel strip on there, but I try not to gate as like a lot of that can be fixed in post. Right. Um. Right. And and by time, you know, from from where I am to where it ends up, um, although I'm typically the final piece of the puzzle, um, it. Uh, you know, it, it goes through layers of processing before it ever gets to air, before it ever gets yeah. into a conference room or whatever it is. It's just, there's just layers of press. So you're not going to hear. How much, how much are you doing over there as far as processing? Is it really just, you know, are you giving it a little bit of love or do they want a, a really dry file? So on stuff that I audition for, I process it as if it was going to air. Yeah. Um, the radio stuff is like a super crunchy, filtery, like it's got some beef to it because a lot of radio producers just, they're, they're not guys who, they may work in radio, but they don't understand audio processing, right? Yeah. Um, but then I'll get engineers on the phone, uh, on the horn who will go, hey, there's a little bit of gate on that. I can hear it. Can you turn that off? <laughs> so there are actually engineers who will hear it and say, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Hey, I hear a little bit of like on the, on my, um, on my uh, microphone channel, I've got an LA-2A just to give it just a touch of fatness and a touch of beef. Sure. Um, but, you know, there's not a lot that I do to it if I'm sending it to somebody who knows how to work. It all depends on who the end user is. Right, like, right. Even TV stations, like, they don't they don't work and they don't know how to process audio. Like, um, so I do a little bit to it. I'll do more depending on the, on the final usage. Um you know, anything I can do to stand out and, uh, and get heard and be seen is, uh, is, you know, the better I sound, the better, the better chance I have to book the job. Sure. Absolutely. Best and worst voiceover experiences for you. Like super high elated job. And then one, you don't have to use any names for the, the bad one. If there is a bad one. But just something that was just laughably horrific, if there was one. Oh, gosh. I got to think about that. Um, I'll never forget the first time that I worked at DG Studios in L.A. Um, and I worked right outside the room that Don LaFontaine used to work in. Wow. In, the, in, in like this little nook in there... Um, they have, and there's a light shining down on it. There's a big picture over the top. They always used to make popcorn for Don. And he had his own bowl. For po- It's Don's popcorn bowl. So I'll never forget the first time I walked into DG Studios knowing that that was a studio that Don used to pull into daily, you know, maybe two or three times a day. And there was his popcorn bowl. Because um, uh, he, he died, like, right as I was starting to get going in uh in voiceover um the worst part i don't know about the worst part man um you know there there are always clients who who like to push and try and get more out of you but that's just the nature of the like that's the nature of the nature of the beast yeah yeah i mean you know it's i try to work as hard as i can to give them everything they want so you know while it may be frustrating or i walk out of the session going oh this guy yeah, I did 16 takes and he ended up using the first one, the fucker, uh, you know, like, <laughs> but that's just kind of what it is. Right. I like, love it. <laughs> so true. It's so um, true. Well, let me ask you this. What's your rate? What's your personal ratio when it comes to stuff like that? Is it like one in every six pro usually my, uh, my dad has a rule where it's, it's usually 20% of anything that comes in is just, going to be a pain in the ass you know whatever industry it is whatever it's like that one in six rule there's always that that frequency you know oh i hate to get into the 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 comments about uh uh um i will say that sometimes the people with the smaller budgets can be more difficult but it's it's very it's very rare that anybody's super like because i'm just happy to do what i do right of course yeah like it could be a lot worse i could be you know shoveling horse manure all day right um so it's a lot of times the people who like have champagne wishes and caviar dreams but they have like you know 
leftover snail budget. Like they, you know, there's no money, but they want the world. Um, you know, there, there are times when I have to turn people away. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm not that $50 guy, you know, like this is how I feed my family. This is how I put a roof over my head. Um, you know, I appreciate that, that, yeah, I appreciate your side of the business. You know, I, I, I would appreciate if you appreciate the art on my side. Um, but you know, I, I, like I say, I'm very lucky. Like I got, a, I got a good gig. I, I can't complain. Could be worse. Well, let's talk about family real quick and, and juggling those priorities with, you know, uh, luck. I mean, you're home a lot, which I guess that could be, well, it's good, good and bad, good so, and bad you know, <clears throat> There's a there's a balance when it when you get to um, doing some of the stuff that I've done and that's like this golden handcuff syndrome right where you're kind of at the beck and call when people need you yeah uh, luckily for me I don't get a lot of stuff after hours it happens um, you know I had last week I had somebody who needed like a 22 page thing done and like a Wednesday at seven o'clock so I'm back here going 20 through 22 pages but like. I mean, my wife gets it like, you know, it kind of is what it is. Like, do, I mean, it's what I do. Like, That's why I have a studio right. at the house. Um, you know, the, the most difficult part for me with the pandemic was not necessarily my being used to working from home, but it was everybody else. The disruption for for from an ad standpoint, the disruption for um you know, the, the buyers and, and ad agencies and creatives and all these people who are trying to figure out how to, to work these hybrid, this hybrid thing. Right. Um, so getting people comfortable with that and then being this sort of calm resource for them, um, was, was kind of rewarding in a way. Um, I think my wife, she won't admit it. She likes working from home, but I think that she needs to go back to the office. Like there are just some people who are not they're not um, work from home people. Right. Um, but then, you know, there are days where I like the freedom of it. Like I can, I can wake up at early enough in the morning, go play around a golf and then spend the afternoon in the studio. Um, or I can, I can leave early on a Friday and, and catch a plane to go see a 49ers game over the weekend or, um, you know, work West coast hours. If I'm on the West coast for any, any reason, you know, like, right. Right. Um, there, there's a lot of freedom that comes with it, you know, as well as the sort of, I need you right now. I need this. And, you know, when they need it, they need it. And oftentimes voiceover is the last piece that goes in. So, um, you know, they're, when they're ready to put a voice in, they're going to put a voice in, whether it's mine or somebody else's. Right. So, you know, right. The, I, I always try to come back to the sports analogies and sometimes your best ability is your availability. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I try to make myself as available as possible with the understanding that like, Hey, yeah, I do have a family. Um, but they're also the reason I do this. So that's fantastic. I, I haven't heard that one before. Your best ability sometimes is your availability. I mean, mm-hmm. you hear, you hear often in the entertainment industry, 90% of it is just showing up, you know, or something to that extent. And it's yeah. just basically the same thing, but I've right. never heard it like that before. I really like that a lot. Um, what, this is kind of a ridiculous question, but what are you thinking about when you're behind the mic? You know, I'm trying to do my best to be in the moment. Um, to be telling the story, to really, to really immerse myself in the words that I'm saying. Um, you know, there's a level of when, when we speak that we're not necessarily watching ourselves say every word before we say it. Right. Um, so I try to immerse myself in, into what it is, the story that I'm telling, like, I'd spend all this time analyzing and going, okay, what's the writer trying to convey in this? What's the buzz? you know, what, what, what are they trying what what are they trying to accomplish with with this script? Um, and once all that's done, I just try to be the guy, right? Like right. I'm just I'm just a guy telling you about this cool thing or this this great thing that we're doing on this radio station or or you know this you know that here it's the news. Here you go. Um, you know, here's breaking news. It's it's happening right now. Like, which is a little more dire than that typically when it's breaking news. But like, um, 
you know, there's, I just try to immerse myself in, uh, in, uh, in, um, be the guy. Yeah. And the factor of, you know, getting out of your own head, um, any thoughts that takes on years that takes years of work man it's yeah. uh you know everybody oh voiceover guy listen to me oh listen to my voice oh this is a good voiceover guy you know here's some words i'm gonna tell you some words but like that's not you know please pass the ketchup i need you to pass the ketchup i also need you to pass a hamburger and some fries thank you coming coming soon to a car near you at the drive-thru i'll be right there you know like that's not how we talk in real life like that's not, like people yeah. would look at you like you're fucking stupid if you talk to them like that right so <laughs> that's where you're making your money like do your thing but like if you look at what advertising is it's like the conversation you and i are having right here so um you know that's why i go back to this like this be the guy like nobody nobody wants to be you know everybody wants to hang out with somebody they want to hang out with right so (laughs) um yeah yeah it's just be the guy yeah yeah Be Um, be real that's the most important thing you know of course yeah. So you did some work for uh, AMC. Was that so? That was Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul? One of those? I wish. Point. I wish. No, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Breaking Bad or uh, Better Call Saul. Okay. How was it that I had on AMC? I saw on your website you had some sort of commercial uh, bit. Oh for... yeah, yeah, yeah. I did do a promo for. Yeah, yeah, yeah promo. Yeah. I I lose track. I, yeah. Well, I think I thought you that was homework. pretty cool. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool, so I wrote it down. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're kind of getting to the tail end of this. So I've got one other uh, main point, which is marketing and entrepreneurship. You know, we, we've touched on that a little bit already. Kind of. Yeah, right I always say there's a fine line between being relevant, um, being friendly, and being annoying. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's. Um, there is uh i try to stay top of mind uh without being annoying um you know everybody has a different level of annoyance but you know i try to send a a nice little email around thanksgiving i try to send a nice little email around christmas um maybe around fourth of july um you know check-ins quarterly maybe um I'm always, I'm always looking for new people to connect with, um, you know, people that, that need voiceover. Um, you know, I think that the more people that, that hear me, that can hire, that, 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 you know, know that I'm a sensible dude and not like terrible to work with, you know, some people like the people they like because there's a level of, um, comfortability. Is that a word? There's a level of comfort with, you know, who they have worked with in the past. Maybe it's a family, friend, you know, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, when it comes to marketing, I, I think that there's just a, f- you know, you've got to find what that line is. What are you comfortable with throwing out there, but also respecting the time, energy, and effort because everybody's bombarded with everything. Like, you know, you buy something from a store and they want your email address. And next thing you know, you're getting two emails a day and, you know, th- three, four, five emails a week. And it's like our Cyber Monday sale and our Black Friday sale. And it's Black Friday in August and it's Black Friday in, in April. And here's our Easter sale. Like, like I don't want to be that guy, right? Um, because I don't want that level of marketing coming back at me. Right, right. right. No, right. but also like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay relevant. So I'm trying to f- find the next gig and, and keep myself working and um, keep myself in this booth longer so I can't play golf or go see Niners games because I want to just be chained here and make money. And, you know, I'm being facetious <laughs> when I say that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a I'm a big golfer myself. And uh, didn't what's your handicap? Because you, so. mine is about 13 balls a game. Well, that's hey. Sometimes you have those days. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's that's the thing about golf is it like it, it literally gives me the ability to just do nothing with my brain except focus on how bad I'm going to hit the next shot. <laughs> Which side of the fairway do I not want to be on? Right, right. Um, no, it's one it's of the coolest cr- things about golfing down here to dovetail a little bit is like there's sure. alligators on the course. Like, I don't know that I've seen a huge one on the course, but one day we were coming around this, the corner on this, on the next hole and this Canadian goose is, it was just like doing that honking thing that they do. And 
<clears throat> you look over and there's a gator sitting on the edge of the edge of the pond. So like that that goose was warning all the other geese that there's wow. a gator on the edge of the pond. It's uh it was it's it's super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. being a being a Midwest kid, like gators are just cool. Right, right. Well, I've seen a few, I think, in Florida one time. Golfing? Uh, or just yeah, like yeah. out in yeah. Yeah, golfing. Um we're we're in North Carolina, so we don't really have those up here. But I lived in I lived in Carolina. I love Carolina. My that's oh. where my mom's from. She grew up uh, just north of Greensboro. Oh yeah, we're I'm Chapel Hill, so that's fairly close. Yeah, yeah. Um, about, about 45, 50 minutes. Yeah, she was. Uh, we used to live in. We, I lived in Kernersville, and then I also lived in uh, Greensboro back mm-hmm. when I was doing creative and radio. And um, I love Carolina. It's so nice. Yeah, like, I, you know, you hours hours about, I, I saw the three three six area code on uh, on your. I think it was your phone or one of yeah, the phone whatever. numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I just have never changed my phone number because who needs to these days, right? Right. Like, Choose your area code. It's like picking where you live. Like, where would you like to live? Here's an area code for that area. <laughs> you can live vicariously through your area code. Yeah, and you could be like <laughs> New York, where everything changed from two one two to I don't know what it is now, but they seven six I think is one of them. They have they've okay. had to change multiple. I think it's a five six six what I don't know, but whatever it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that kind of brings us to the tail end of this uh i have a fun thing i like to do at the end which is called the shootout where i'll say a word that's related to the guest and then you just fire a word back and uh, okay you know we'll we'll see what comes out of it there's no right or wrong answer so okay <laughs> and uh, now i have to add this one podcast thing. for adults by the way like in case something yeah, yeah comes back yeah, okay yeah <laughs> uh studio love it microphone uh tool reverb uh love reverb actually bad (laughs) it's a joke it's a joke add more reverb give me more it's like more cowbell right uh compression uh good as long as it's not overused right eq be careful yeah yeah uh 49ers. Uh, it's my heart. Yeah, yeah. Louisiana. Small town. Uh, voiceover. A job. And these are the, the, well, one of them that I added, golf. A terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is one that I ask everybody, pizza. Oh boy, the first word that pops in my brain is pineapple. Uh, oh, he's one of those guys. Look, look I, listen, nine times out of ten, I'm drunk when I'm eating pizza. So you could, <laughs> I mean, you could put you could put rats on it, and I would still eat it. Like it. Oh. However, though, New York pizza is my jam. There's yeah. just something about New York pizza that, like, I try to explain to people who've never been to New York. If you haven't had New York pizza. It's, I can't explain to you how terrible Domino's and Papa John's is. They they say it has to do with the water. That's what I've um, heard. Because so my long story short, my both of my parents are from New York. My mom's side is from upstate, which is, you know, a large chunk of the state. But she's they were from like an hour, hour and a half north of New York City, which is where the Catskills are, mm-hmm. which is where the outer the um the aqueduct runs uh, through their hometown and goes to Manhattan or mm-hmm. New York City, whatever part of New York City that it feeds. So, uh, or supplies. So, that water is essentially the water that's used to make the pizzas in Manhattan or whatever, oh, okay. you know, and that that water from the 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 Appalachian, Appalachian, however you pronounce it, mountain range up there, which actually runs all the way down to the Carolinas as well. But yeah, that is that catching the good stuff before it gets south. Right. (laughs) Maybe it's Canadian water then. And it's just coming down from, you know, I don't know. I I always wonder about that, but the Hudson River, because the Hudson River, I think, runs all the way from Canada to New York, you know, to the Bay. I don't know. Geography. No good. 
no good. As long as we're doing that quick, uh, the thoughts here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I've learned how much I hate common core math with a, uh, with a child in elementary school. Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, I asked this to everybody at the end, which is if you could go back to your 15 year old self, knowing what you know now, um, as advice, what would you tell him? I would tell him to spend more time with his mom. Mm. And my mom died young and, uh, Every day, I wish I could would have spent more time with her. That's good. It's heavy. Yeah. It's a heavy way to end this fun conversation, but uh, yeah. No, it's, but uh, it's but it's that I ask that question to everybody because probably, um, I probably would also tell him do more theater. Do more Act, theater. Do more. Do more theater in school, like because I think I always wanted to to do voiceover, um, and I probably should have done more theater in school. Uh, be it community theater, be it the, 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 the plays and, and whatever it was in school, you know, do more of it. Um, yeah. Um, cause I probably would have enjoyed it. Uh, the 40 year old me says 15 year old me would have enjoyed it quite a bit more than I did. If I did more of it more. <laughs> awesome. More. Well, any, how, many, any other... how many different ways can you say more? Can you give us that word like just a little more upbeat? Yeah, more. <laughs> a little flatter, yeah. more. Yeah, exactly. Can you tell it to us like it's a horror story? More. <laughs> uh, we're going to use take one. Right. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, that's the nature of it. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for taking the time yeah, to dude. be on. Thanks for having me. And uh, any other final words from your end? Uh, tip your Uber driver. That's good. That's good. Uh, description box below. We'll have that information there. I'm, I'm assuming, you know, neilwilson.com is the first place to, to stop. Yep. Yep. I'm not and, uh, any, any other Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anything like that? Yeah. Instagram is at Neil Wilson voice. Twitter is basically just a place for me to vent about the 49ers and <laughs> people who do me wrong. Uh, like, various commercial airlines and airports and right um stuff but that's at neil wilson voice um facebook i kind of just i'm about i'm about three quarters of the way done with facebook it's just turned into a shit show so yeah yeah um but yeah at neil wilson voice on instagram at neil wilson voice on twitter and uh I welcome the the followers and the enjoy. I actually barbecue a lot too. So if you like good barbecue, which is probably be a whole nother hour, like we could go another hour on barbecue. Yeah, but that, yeah. I, I post a lot of that on Instagram. Ah, well, Stuff I gotta check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do like Carolina crappy Carolina barbecue. I do like Texas brisket and oh, like. Oh shit. Yeah, I'm not a huge vinegar. I don't listen. I don't. I don't dislike it. It's just not my favorite. Well, let me. So actually, this is. I have a good. I have a question for you that hopefully I can get an answer to kind of when I was in Texas, uh, recent, whatever, it was a little bit before the pandemic. There were a lot of barbecue places that we tried and it, it just, it was good, but it just didn't have like the, I don't know. I get, maybe, you know, where I'm coming from when I say Carolina barbecue, cause it's kind of like drippy and wet and it's, it's just got it's got well, so, so much Carolina Carolina's a lot of pork and it's hard to mess up pork. Okay. When it comes to barbecue. Um if you don't do beef right, like a brisket, you can dry out a brisket in a hurry. Yeah. Um you can dry out the beef is just a little more finicky, right? So if you were if you were going somewhere and having brisket and it's been sitting in the heater all day, it's probably dry by the time you get to it. Like we've all had that 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 barbecue that's like, ooh, this is really I need some sauce with this just to you know, to moisten it up. Um but yeah, the, the big difference is beef and pork. Uh, okay. Okay. The, the immediate thing I think about. Well, because um, when I had ribs in Texas, they were they were good. It was just different. What kind of ribs? Beef ribs or pork ribs? They were pork. Yeah, it's you know, you're not going to get good pork in Texas. That's more of a Memphis. Really, it's more of an Iowa thing. There's nothing. There's nothing as good as an Iowa pork chop. Ah, pork chop. Um, but it, when it comes when it comes to barbecue and a whole hog, now that that would be a Carolina thing for me. I probably would just skip the sauce and eat the hog. Yeah. It, it like, just seems like you're like, I can see that. I can see your wheels turning. You're like, uh, eat the whole hog. What the hell are you talking about? And nuts and all like snout and all. Yeah. <laughs> they have this stuff in Louisiana called hogshead cheese. Do they have that in? 
I haven't I haven't heard of it. So my Maybe. buddy goes, he goes, well, oh, yeah, my know. son, my son loves hogs, hog's head cheese. And I'm like, that's just a name, right? It's not really like a hog's head. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. It's definitely a hog's head. It, like, it, they, like take the meat from the hog's head, like, and it becomes Woo. a cheese. And I'm like, I'm like, nope, no, no thanks. To the no. Nope. Yeah. Now, alligator tastes like chicken. And I'm like, well, hell, if you're going to eat alligator and it tastes like chicken, just eat a chicken. Was well, that like snake, too, from what I've heard? I, I I can I can say that I've never been anywhere where there's been snake on the menu. Yeah. Uh, but oysters, shrimp, um, um, at gator. Now I was at the grocery store and there was a gator, probably maybe two and a half, three foot long, and they had skinned it and they laid it in there, and you could buy it for like three ninety nine a pound or something. It was like right at the tail end of gator. Gator's pretty easy to get. They're overpopulated now, so yeah, yeah. Gator's pretty easy to get. Um, but again, it tastes like chicken. Like. I, don't feed me feed me chicken yeah if it's gonna know, be chicken you know let's do chicken I'm a midwest boy like give me pork and potatoes and beef and corn and like i'm good you know yeah um oh yeah dude we could go a whole nother hour talking about food i love food um so me yeah too. anyway if you want to follow me and learn barbecue <laughs> secrets and what i'm cooking this week or maybe what i'm drinking or whatever is uh now Wilson voice on insta yeah yeah, yeah. go fire up the big green egg and uh get, get going <laughs> well, this has been great, man. Thanks again. And um, for those listening and not able to, to look at the uh, description box again, neilwilson.com uh, for all of the information and links. And uh, you guys have been watching, listening to the Jason Amico show. And we will see you on the next episode. Peace. <laughs>